Okay, we're going to start this morning in John chapter 18, if you'd like to open up there. And this first message in this series, and this is a series I've been talking about, it's a series entitled The Great Reset. Some of you may not know what that phrase means. You certainly will know what that phrase means shortly because you're going to start to hear it everywhere. The Wall Street Journal just wrote an article on Friday entitled The Great Reset. Uh, Time Magazine, October edition, had a picture of the world being remade, a plan- or planet being remade, an article written by Klaus Schwab, who's the founder of the World Economic Forum, and he's calling for a great reset. You're going to hear a phrase Build Back Better, that's going to be used over and over again. These are catchphrases of what is coming, uh, again, from the European central bankers. And uh, so this first message in this series entitled The Great Reset, um, the first message is entitled What is Truth? We need to understand how to discern truth from error, from what's true uh, versus what is a lie. How do we know what's true? And so this is kind of a foundational study that we will build upon as we get more into some of the details and the specifics of what's going on in the world pertaining to the Great Reset. I want to start with a good, solid, biblical foundation of what truth is so that we can build upon that as we go forward. I know a lot of people are watching these messages online. There are people who are not Christians who are watching messages online. They're interested in the subject of prophecy. So we need to make it very clear we are a Christian church and we believe in Jesus Christ and we believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. So we start with that presuppositional worldview and then we build upon that to discern and to test all other truths by the truth of God through his word and through his son. And so we read here, In John chapter 18 and verse 36, again, the title of the message is What is Truth? It's part one in the series, The Great Reset. John 18, 36. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews, the unbelieving Jews. All of his disciples were Jews, but there were other Jews who were the religious Jews who were out to get him. So he says, my, if, 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 this, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, What is truth? Now, Jesus is telling us some very profound things here in these few verses as he was about to be taken, beaten, scourged nearly to death, and nailed to a cross and killed on the cross of Calvary. And this is the man, Pilate, who 
thought that he had the power to either crucify Christ or let him go. But Jesus told Pilate, you have no power except what my father has given you from heaven. All authority eventually uh, is from God. And Jesus says, the only authority you have is because you have authority from my father in heaven. Otherwise, I would not be standing here before you. And Pilate said, don't you know I have the authority to kill you or to free you? Uh, Jesus tells him, See, they brought, they brought Jesus before Pilate on the false charge that Jesus was claiming to be a king to overthrow Caesar. That, that, that was the play in order to the Jewish religious leaders who had to eliminate Jesus because basically he was overturning their money changers tables. He was giving sight to the blind. He was raising the dead. He was healing the sick. Uh, matter of fact, even when he raised Lazarus, they were going to kill Lazarus and kill Jesus in, in John chapter 12, the Pharisees and the scribes. I mean, that's how wicked they were because Jesus was a threat to their power structure. Uh, and Jesus was really from God and was doing real works from God. And they were a bunch of phony religious hypocrites who were enriching themselves and empowering themselves because of their positions in the temple. And so they uh, brought up false charges uh, against Jesus to the Romans to say that this one is calling himself a king. This one, Jesus Christ, is saying that he's the king of the Jews and that he is going to take over. And so there was not allowed to be another king in the Roman Empire. There was only Caesar. There was only the emperor. And, and so this is why Pilate, who was the governor of Palestine or the governor of Israel at this time in Judea, was asking him, uh, you know, are you a king? Are you really, are you saying that you're a king? And, and, and he was probably surprised by Jesus' answer because Jesus pretty much indicted himself by saying, yes, I am a king, but I'm not a threat to you, Pilate, because my kingdom is not of this world. He says, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. For this cause I've come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. And everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Jesus also said, he's a king, that means he has a kingdom. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. Very important that we understand his kingdom is not of this world. We are part of a kingdom that is a mystical, spiritual kingdom. It is the kingdom of God that dwells within our hearts. One day it will be a physical, literal kingdom when Jesus Christ comes back and takes the rule over this earth for 1,000 years. That is what's coming. That's what we're going to be talking about here in the next several weeks. His kingdom is coming. We pray, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom is coming. His kingdom will come, but his kingdom is not yet here. It's still not yet here. We look around and we know that God is not the one who's ruining this earth. This is not God's kingdom. In God's kingdom in heaven, everything is perfect. Everything is right. There is no sin. There is no rebellion. There's no unrighteousness. There's no injustice in heaven. But contrary, here on the earth, everything's a disaster. Everything's a complete mess. Why is that? It's because man does not want God's rules. Man does not want to surrender to Jesus Christ. Man wants to have it his own way. Man is full of selfishness and pride and lust and greed. And the only way that God's kingdom comes is to you as an individual is if you humble yourself, you bow the knee to Christ, you surrender to Jesus, you raise your hands and say, I surrender, 
I belong to you. It's, I'm no longer my own. You bought me with a price. I belong to you. You now own me. Rule over me. And then God's kingdom will come through you. But for the most part, this world has rejected Jesus Christ. And it, it looks like things are going that way. Uh, things are continuing to go against the kingdom of God. And, and really what we see being built here on the earth is the kingdom of the Antichrist, which comes first before Jesus Christ returns to set up his kingdom. So again, we are laying a foundation really to answer the question that Pilate asked, uh, what is truth? And, and ironically, Jesus Christ, who can't lie, he's God. God cannot lie because then, then that would be a sin and God cannot sin. So Jesus is standing there talking to him. Every word that comes from Jesus' mouth is truth, and Pilate just doesn't see it. He's totally blinded to the fact that he's sitting there talking to God's only begotten son, God who became flesh, who was born of the Virgin Mary, and who's a perfect sinless man, who raised the dead, and who did all kinds of miracles, and uh, who was always kind and, and, and generous and gracious uh, and merciful and compassionate to everyone. Uh, the, the king was standing before him. The truth personified, the truth incarnate, was talking to him, and he didn't get it. And so many people today are the same way. They say, what is truth? They think that Jesus is just one truth in the midst of many. Or they think that there are no absolute truths, and there's no absolute truth, so therefore there's no absolute morality. Therefore, everybody has situational ethics where they just do what's right in their own mind and in their own eyes, and somehow uh, that is true. All truth. Well, we know that, you know, black and white cannot coexist together. Light and darkness cannot coexist together. Two plus two is always four. Two plus two can never be five, you see. So because there is truth, then you could test all other quote-unquote truths by the truth. And there is truth. And Jesus Christ is the truth personified now he is claiming to be a king which means he has a kingdom and he claims to have a kingdom he says that all those uh, uh or he says that i've come into the world to bear witness to the truth so everything that jesus was doing was trying to tell us the truth so we know the truth so that we could test all the other false truths by the truth that he brings he's bearing witness to the truth and then he says, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So this is an interesting thing. You know, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. God doesn't want to send anyone to hell, but there will be many who will choose to go to hell because they don't want to bow the need, the need to God or surrender their life to God. But those who hear his voice hear the truth. And that's why Jesus would say, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Jesus would say, be careful how you listen. In other words, you could be sitting here thinking about a football game or thinking about, uh, you know, going out to lunch after church and you're really not here. Your mind is somewhere else. So I'm speaking, but you're really not listening because you're thinking about something else right now. So you have to like concentrate. Jesus is saying, be careful how you hear. You need to really listen. You need to open up your mind to listen to my word so that you can know the truth. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. But not everybody who hears the word is listening. Not everybody is hearing his voice. And so really that is on us that we need to be those 
who say, Lord, by your spirit, teach me your truth. Let me hear what your voice would say to me today. That should always be our hearts when we come into church, certainly, and also when we are reading God's word. We should expect that the Lord is going to speak to us. He desires to speak his truth to us through his word. Now, the great reset, which is coming, is actually a great delusion that the Bible predicted would come in the last days. If it's not the great delusion, it is leading up to the great delusion. Uh, And this will likely lead us not into a great reset, but into a great tribulation. There's a great delusion that's prophesied to come in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And there is a great tribulation that Jesus told us is coming upon the earth in Matthew 24. So this great reset is a lie. It is a deception. It's interesting that there was a meeting, and I'll get you more facts on a lot of what I'm going to be talking about over the next several weeks. I'll I'll try and get you documentation. A lot of the facts are being removed from the internet right now. They're taking down sites. They're changing what they say on their websites at the World Economic Forum, the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, the World Health Organization, the United Nations, the European Union. Uh, They're changing what they have online uh, because people are waking up to, to actually what they're doing. And, uh, and this is a deception. But what is interesting is that there was a meeting in October of last year, October of 2019. And uh, Bill Gates was the one, along with Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, who paid for and sponsored this meeting. And it was a war games of sorts. It was a, a war games sort of a scenario where they said, let's, let's pick a disease. This is October of 2019. Out of the blue. It was Bill Gates, it was the World Health Organization, it was the National Institute of Health, it was the leaders of the Johns Hopkins University, along with uh, many international figures who were there, some business figures and many uh, corporate leaders and also uh, government officials, many of them tied back into the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, the central bankers of Europe, And they said, let's just pretend there's going to be, oh, let's say a coronavirus pandemic that comes upon the world. What are the odds of that? This is October of 2019. They had a meeting in New York and they ran war games and they said, let's just pretend just for fun that there's a pandemic, a COVID pandemic, a coronavirus uh, that causes people to to get sick and they get the flu and it spreads rapidly. It's highly contagious and it kills a lot of people. And they made their predictions and their projections. And then they decided, well, here's how we'd have to handle it. We'll have to make sure people wear masks. We'd have to quarantine. We'd have to shut down the airlines and shut down transportation. We'd have to shut down schools and gatherings and so forth. This was all pretend, they said in October 19, that they were pretending that they were doing war games, just in case this happens. Well, I don't think Bill Gates is a prophet. I don't think Klaus Schwab is a prophet. They're not Christians. They're atheists, or maybe Buddhists, I don't know, but they're certainly not Christians. How would they know to prepare for a COVID pandemic in October of 2019? If they're not prophets, and they're not sent from God, then this means that they knew about it. Or that they were orchestrating it. These are facts. Why is it that dozens of the top CEOs of the top 
corporations of America, including Disney and some other huge corporations, they all stepped down as CEOs in 2019. There was articles in Fortune magazine and Forbes magazine saying, why are all the CEOs retiring out of the blue when the economy's booming and everything's good? Their stock prices are at all-time high. These are very wealthy people, very powerful people. And these CEOs were stepping aside from the role of chief executive officer, the one in charge of these big corporations, all at once, all of a sudden, scores of them, dozens of them, and nobody could figure out why. What did these CEOs of corporate America know was coming? Why did they all resign in 2019? Many of them stepped onto just director's chairs, but they were no longer the person running the show. This was in 2019. Why are billionaires selling all of their real estate assets? Elon Musk sold everything he owns related to real estate about a year ago. What did Elon Musk know was coming that we didn't know was coming? Why did he sell $150 million worth of his holdings and sold every single piece of real estate that he owns on planet Earth? He says it's because he wants to live on Mars, and maybe he does want to live on Mars. But why would he sell, why would he sell all of his real estate holdings uh, in 2019? What did Elon Musk know that was coming in 2020? How did Bill Gates know that we were going to have a pandemic, a COVID pandemic in 2020 when he did the war games drills, theoretically, in October of 2019. I think one of the greatest ones is this little coin. If you haven't seen this adorable little coin with the bats on it, how many of you have seen this uh, U.S. quarter and the date on the, this U.S. quarter is actually 2020? This is a, a quarter that was issued in January of 2020. I didn't believe it when people first told me about this. It has two bats on it. This is a U.S. coin with bats on it in January of 2020. Now, is that just coincidence that COVID hit in January of 2020? Uh, they say that Obama picked this out in 2016 when he was still in the office. They planned it that many years back that they would put bats on our coin in January of 2020 because the... Uh, fruit bat of the Samoan Islands, they said, is an endangered species. Who cares about the fruit bat in the Samoan Islands? This is America. Why, why are we putting bats on our currency unless it's an indication that the people who print the money and who run the central banks knew that we were going to have a pandemic in 2020 that comes from none other than bats. And if, I mean, so you, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, either, either they knew this was coming, or they orchestrated what is happening, or they're all a bunch of prophets. And I don't think President Obama was a prophet. I don't think, you know, he could have known four years ago that we would be in a pandemic four years later uh, related to a bat virus. Why is it that because of this virus, that there's these never-ending restrictions that make no sense to anybody why is it that they first tell you not to wear masks and tell you you're selfish if you wear a mask and the masks don't do anything at all Fauci said that the Surgeon General said that everybody said that at first and now they're saying that if you don't wear a mask you're endangering everybody's lives how could they change their story like this um, why, why is it that they have suspended through emergency orders, suspended all of our constitutional rights? And not just our constitutional rights in America, 
they've suspended the constitutions of the whole world. The whole world is doing what we're doing here in America. It's not just us. There's only one country that didn't sell out and take the money from the World Bank when this COVID crisis hit, and that country is Belarus. It's a dictator in Eastern Europe who basically said, the World Bank and the IMF offered me billions of dollars to shut down my economy for COVID, and I just basically told them no. I said, I'm not going to shut down my economy. We're going to put all our mom and pop businesses uh, out, and we don't see anybody sick here. We don't see people dying of COVID. So Belarus stood against the IMF, against the World Bank. They're the only nation in the world that did not take the money. Every other country shut down their economies because the World Bank promised, we will take care of you. We will loan you uh, at very low interest rates as much money as you need. Just shut everything down and we've got your back. And only Belarus, with a dictator, uh, is the one who has held out. As far as I know, he's still not taking any of the money. And by the way, they're doing pretty good in Belarus. They don't have a big COVID outbreak there, from what I understand, either, uh, in Belarus. And their economy is doing fine. Uh, why is it that this is all sort of funneling us toward this new vaccine? This new vaccine that came uh, in six or seven months, where most vaccines take between four to six years of testing and lab work and, you know, um, placebos and, and, and so forth, where you make sure that you know what the side effects are, you know what the long-term effects are. Uh, there's a process to get a vaccine approved by the FDA so that it could be available to the public. All those rules went out the window when we had Operation Warp Speed because why? Well, everything is shut down. Our economy is collapsing all around the world. And if we just had a way to stop this doggone virus, then we'd be able to open everything up again. So they created a problem. They're now creating the solution to the problem. And then you have to wonder, well, why? What's going on with this vaccine? It's interesting that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, you'll hear them come up over and over again. They finance the World Health Organization. Uh, they're uh, very deeply into the World Economic Forum. Uh, they pretty much run our National Institute of Health. They are one of the biggest donors to all of the major media companies in America, including NPR News, The Wall Street Journal, uh, even BBC. Uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, their money is everywhere in this. Uh, they also are supporting Johns Hopkins University. I think they gave them a $150 million grant at the beginning of this so that Johns Hopkins can run all of the data and all the numbers and all the tracking of COVID deaths. Uh, interestingly, the vaccine from Pfizer, if you look it up, the vaccine from Pfizer that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation patented years ago for this coronavirus is patent number 666. It's 060606. Go look it up, unless they pulled that down from the internet. It's absolutely true. So why is it that they want to give us a vaccine that's untested, unproven, by all rights dangerous? People are in London, in England, are going into anaphylactic shock. Two people in America died out of 42,000 who took this, and they're having a 0.6% of the people that take it have severe reactions, including anaphylactic shock, which means that you could die unless you have an EpiPen stuck into you to give you an adrenaline to, you know, shoot your heart, uh, or you have to have the paddles there to charge somebody to bring them back uh, when their heart stops beating as a result of this virus. They say, or this vaccine, they say 
that the symptoms of the people who are getting the vaccine are actually sick, just like they had COVID. They're sick with fever, they're tired, they're achy, same symptoms as COVID. Uh, and then most of them, you have a cough and so forth, and within a few days, they start to feel better. Well, I had COVID, I believe, back in February, and those are the same symptoms I had when my own body and my own immunity that God gave me, my immune system, fought the virus. Why do I need a shot to do the same thing to me? I mean, I'll just take, I mean, there are people that probably perhaps need to take this vaccine, but why would they require everyone, require everyone 16 years and older to have this vaccine? Why, why is it that we don't have a choice? you see. And they'll say, oh no, we're not going to force this vaccine. You just watch and see what's coming. Initially, they won't force the vaccine, but eventually they will force the vaccine, or you and I will be excluded from the economy of this society. This is what the Great Reset is all about. They're pushing a vaccine that's untested, it's unproven, and it's radically different than any vaccine they've ever made in the history of mankind. Because this is a, a, a mRNA vaccine, a messenger RNA vaccine, which means they're using CRISPR technology to edit, to edit the genome. It edits your DNA. They don't hide this. They say it's a fantastic thing. We don't have to give you a little shot of the, uh, of the bug, of, uh, of the virus, like old flu shots were, or measles, mumps, rubella. They give you a little tiny bit of the disease so that your own body can create antibodies, and then it will know how to fight that disease. No, this is something way better, they say, because instead of giving you a little bit of the, uh, of the disease, they're going to change your DNA so that your DNA automatically begins to produce antibodies. And they say this is how they could you know, streamline this process and bring it out at warp speed. But I don't know that I trust the government to put a needle in my arm and to edit my DNA. I just, I just don't trust the government that much, and I'm not that worried about dying of COVID. So why would you force me or force us to do this unless there is a bigger agenda behind what's happening? Not only is this an mRNA unproven, really untested, unknown sort of a uh, vaccine. Not only are there uh, severe reactions, by the way, that 0.6% who have serious reactions to this virus, that's one out of every 200 people. So one out of every 200 people that just get the vaccine have serious complications as a result. And now in England, if they give the vaccine to anyone, because two healthcare workers fell very Ill, ill with anaphylactic shock, when they got, these are younger people, healthy people, they got the shot in uh, the UK. Now you have to have resuscitation equipment and someone trained to handle. That's like the, you know, the, the shock things, resuscitation. You know, do not resuscitate is when you die. You don't want them to shock you and give you CPR and bring you back to life. So they're saying, we just want to be careful just so that people don't die from this vaccine when they first get it. 
that we have all of the necessary equipment there. And I asked my stepmother, who's a nurse, and I said, you worked in the emergency room for 20 years. You were in the medical field for 45 years. Have you ever heard of a, a, of a flu vaccine where they have to resuscitate you and have an EpiPen to give you anaphylactic, you know, uh, shot, uh, shot to respond to the anaphylactic shock? She says, never, no, never, not in all of history. In her experience, uh, has she experienced something like this where... You know, you have one out of every 200 people have a severe reaction. This is not one out of 100,000 people. This is one out of every 200 people. I mean, if you get COVID, God forbid, it is, it is, a, it is a flu. It's very serious for those who get it who have poor health or underlying health conditions or they're elderly. Um, but, you know, when you get this uh, flu, the COVID, you have a 99.98% recovery rate. 99.98% recovery rate. The vaccine, they say, is 90 to 95% effective. How does that make sense then? Why would I want a vaccine that's only 90 to 95% effective, and I'm going to suffer the same effects of sickness when I get the shot, uh, the fever, the chills, the body aches and pains and everything else, um, when my own body has a 99.98% percent effective recovery rate from getting COVID. These are just facts. So, so something doesn't add up. Something doesn't add up. It just doesn't make sense. Then you have the nanobots that they have put into this new uh, patented um, vaccine, Pfizer vaccine, 060606, patented by the Bill and Melinda, Melinda Gates Foundation. It actually has little computers in it. These nanobot technologies, this is really super future stuff. This is science fiction stuff where it is actually putting um, programmable computer chips into your body that they can then through Wi-Fi signals tell these nanobots where to go and what to do in your body. I don't really want nanobots in my body. These are little like computers. They're like little tiny robots that you could tell what to do. And, and you know, to some degree I feel like we're being treated like a bunch of guinea pigs or lab rats. I mean, none of this is proven. None of this has ever been done before. And yet we're being funneled into this idea that this is the only, that's all you hear about in the news is the vaccine, don't you? This is the only hope for mankind. What about the hope for mankind that we have an immune system that has helped us for thousands of years in human history to fight off diseases? What about our own immune system? Is that not sufficient anymore to fight this virus? So we need to learn how to discern truth from error, from disinformation, uh, as, as uh, opposed to true information or correct information. Really, how did we get here? How did we get here to where the whole world is willing to do whatever the government says? And, you know, most people don't even uh, question. They don't even think about it. They're just doing whatever is being asked of us uh, by our um, government officials, trusting our government. I'm sorry. I just don't trust our government. I mean, especially here in California, at the State House in California. I just don't trust our government. You know, the government officials from California, they don't follow their, their own orders. Nancy Pelosi, who's the head of the Democratic Party, I'm sorry I'm not talking politics here, but she happens to be the head of the Democratic Party. She's the leader of the House of Representatives. Sorry if you're a Democrat, I don't mean to step on toes. But she went into a salon in the city of San Francisco and was caught on film with no mask on, getting her hair done when all of the other shops in California were shut down. And when she got caught, she says she was set up, that it was a big setup. But see, she's breaking her own rules. 
uh, Feinstein, the senator, Dianne Feinstein, the same thing. She was caught walking around the halls of Congress multiple times with no mask on when she, as a senator in California, is demanding the rest of us wear masks everywhere we go. Why wasn't she wearing her mask when she was in the Capitol building? And then you have the one that takes the cake is our governor, Gavin Newsom, who gives us all the orders. Uh, again, this is not political. These are just facts. Gives us all the orders that we have to shut down our businesses, shut down our churches. We're not allowed to sing. We're breaking the law, his law, as we sing in church this morning. Uh, schools are shut down. Everything is shut down. Restaurants are shut down for indoor eating. And he said nobody's supposed to get together for Thanksgiving. And yet he goes with 22 people. These are facts. 22 people to the most expensive restaurant in the country, the French Laundry in Northern California, and he's there with a group of his friends. Uh, many of them are big uh, medical leaders in the state of California, the head of doctors' unions and things like this. And he's with 22 people, most of whom are not from his own household. I think his wife was probably with him. And they're not wearing masks, and they're eating indoors, and they're not six feet apart after he had just told us all uh, you know, that we couldn't be indoors eating even for Thanksgiving. So it's this duplicitous hypocrisy. He shuts down the schools, but he sends his kids to private school. So his kids don't have to deal with all of the other challenges that the students are facing by having to, you know, do Zoom conferences with their teachers and so forth. And so it is this, it is this hypocrisy that we see uh, from the top of the government, and yet we still obey the rules that they tell us to obey, that they themselves do not obey. How did we get here? How are we so deceived? How are we going along blindly like lemmings, following the Pied Piper over the cliff, without thinking for ourselves? Well, I believe that God is giving us over to a strong delusion, because we have rejected God. And when you reject God, you're open to all kinds of, of false gods and all kinds of lies. In Romans chapter 1, we read this in verse 25. We can start in verse 24 for context. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. So that's the key. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Everyone has a knowledge of God. Everyone is born with a measure of light. That's what the scriptures say. And if you respond to that light, God will give you more light. And eventually you will find the light of the world Jesus Christ. But if you reject the light that God has given you because creation screams to us that there is a God, there is a creator, all men for all time have all worshipped God, even if they worshipped the wrong God or they didn't know who God was. No animals have ever worshipped God. Elephants don't worship God. Dolphins don't worship God. Uh, you know, Australian shepherds or border collies, the smartest dogs, they don't worship God. So man is so different from animals, even the most intelligent, advanced animals. Even the most primitive man who is headhunters in Papua New Guinea and cannibals, they still worship God. They may have the wrong God. Why is that? Because it's innate within man to worship God because we know there's a God. How did everything get here if there is no God? Where did life come from? 
And so when we suppress that truth, when we uh, exchange that truth for a lie and we reject the God who created us, then we are susceptible to believe the lie of the devil. So he says that these exchange the truth of God for the lie. They worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Amen. And then he says this. For this reason, God gave them over. So that's a danger. When you reject God as an individual or you reject God as a nation, God will eventually give you what you want. You don't want God to rule over you. And so you're going to have the opposite of God rule over you. Wicked men or in the last days, it will eventually be the Antichrist, the devil himself. So it says, God gave them over to vile passions, verse 26. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their heir which is due. And yes, this is speaking clearly of the practice of homosexuality, which is forbidden by God. He says in verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind or to depravity to do those things which are not, are, are not fitting. Verse 29, and here's what it looks like when a society rejects God and exchanges the truth of God for a lie. He says, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual perversion, wickedness, covetousness, which is greed, maliciousness, full of envy, which is jealousy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. So this is what a society looks like that has rejected God and that has been given over basically to themselves. It looks a lot like our culture to me as I read this list. He says in verse 32, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but they also approve or heartily approve of those who practice them. So you may say, well, I don't do this, but I sure love to watch the you know, reality TV shows, or I like to watch you know, people who do this and follow them uh, in their private lives. Uh, and, and I support them, and I give them my money, and I watch their programs, and therefore I'm paying uh, uh, for the advertising to, to promote these lifestyles, these reality lifestyles, that's just godless. You know, godless entertainment. So much of what's out there that's in the media is not only godless, God is not found, but it is wickedness. It is wickedness. It's the opposite of righteousness. And this, to me, is an indication that we are a nation that is on the uh, cusp of being given over by God. In Romans chapter 1, verse 18, we see this. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. That's the problem. 
when we're living wickedly, when we're living a godless lifestyle, when we are living uh, an unrighteous lifestyle, because of our sin, we bury the truth of God. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to hear it. We tune it out. We choose not to have ears to hear what God has to say about loving God and loving your neighbor shall be the whole of the law. Godliness is obeying God and seeking to please God. Righteousness is trying to be right with your uh, fellow man. And, and yet, where are we today? Ungodly and unrighteous because the vast majority of our world's population, certainly in America in 2020, have suppressed the truth of God in unrighteousness. In 1 Timothy and chapter 4, Paul the Apostle warns us about the last days and tells us that there is going to be a tremendous amount of deception. He says in 1 Timothy 4.1, <clears throat> Now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, expressly states that in the last days, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to what? To deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. In other words, the last days will be defined by deception. Deception. And behind that deception are evil spirits and doctrines of demons. <clears throat> Verse 2, he says, speaking lies, so deception, speaking lies, in hypocrisy, a lot like our government officials who give rules, but they don't follow them. Having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Forbidding to marry. Commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Do you have the discernment to know the difference between what is true and what is a lie? You need to know. These days are very dangerous. There's so much deception. So in the last days, we would expect to see deception. We would expect to see hypocrisy. We would expect to see callousness where there's no concern or care for others because everyone's hearts and consciences are seared as with a hot iron. And then it talks about how there's going to be a time that's going to come in the last days where they're going to forbid to marry and where they're going to command to abstain from foods. Do you know they're already talking about the fact that we are not going to be able to eat meat anymore in 2030? I'll show you all of this. This is part of the Great Reset. They say that eating meat is destroying. This is all they say to save planet Earth from climate change. That's the whole thing behind all of this. I'll just kind of, you know, tell you the end of the book before we, 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 we get into the book. But um, that, that is the spoiler alert, as they say. It's all about climate change. At least that's what they say it's all about. And because they couldn't get America to come along with the Paris Climate Accord, and we're still the biggest oil and gas producer in the world, we're the biggest agriculture producer in the world, they need to take America down economically so that basically Europe will once again be the powerhouse of the nations of the world. They don't want to compete with America uh, anymore. <clears throat> and so they are going to begin to forbid people from eating meat, from eating, it's going to probably start with dairy, uh, uh, with cattle, beef. They say that that's really bad because you have to feed these cows a lot of water and, you know, they drink a lot of water and you have to feed them a lot of grain and, and so forth. And that grain, you have to sp use a lot of water to grow the grain and they're saying we don't have enough water. So we got to get rid of meat. Uh, they're going to get rid of chickens. This is what their plan is. 
they're going to be able to dictate what you eat and what I eat uh, with all of us having the common goal of saving the world, saving the planet, uh, and, and, and really not, you know, uh, worrying about mankind. And their idea is that the next source of protein in 2030, the majority uh, of us will be eating insects and crickets. This is not an exaggeration. There's articles in, on CNN and major news sources talking about how if global warming gets worse and climate change gets worse and we have to get rid of animals, eating animals, because it's not good for the environment, then we can eat bugs. Well, that's what they eat in countries where they're starving to death and they have no food. Isn't that an interesting coincidence? They eat crickets because they have no, nothing else uh, to eat. So this is coming if they get their way. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul the Apostle says this about the last days. <clears throat> He says, but know this in verse 1, that in the last days, perilous times or turbulent times or scary times or treacherous times, uncertain times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, Slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is what the last days will look like. Sure looks a lot like our generation today to me. Read that list again for yourself later. And ask the Lord to show you, are we living in the last days? Because this is what was predicted. <clears throat> and they don't know the truth. They're always learning. Everybody knows a little bit about something, but they don't know much about anything. They really don't have any depth of understanding of anything. They just know how to look up something on Google, and they don't really learn any more information. And they certainly don't know the truth of God, because God has been eliminated and excluded from our civil society. Verse 13 continues and says this about the last days. He says, but evil men... And impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. There you have it again. Deception defines the last days. Deception. So we would expect to see, as the Antichrist comes into power, massive deception on a massive scale. Is that what we see happening today? I think it is. I think there's a tremendous amount of deception taking place. Verse 14, he says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So how do you discern truth from lies? By the word of God, you must know your Bible. You must know your Bible in these last days. 
It's the scriptures which will enlighten you to know what is the truth uh, compared to what is a lie or a deception. In 2 Thessalonians and chapter 2, we read this about the mystery of iniquity. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1. He says, Now brethren, regarding the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, this is about when Christ is coming back to set up his kingdom, we ask you not to soon be shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us as though the day of Christ had already come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come <clears throat> unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. Verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And that he is capitalized in my Bible properly, I believe, because I believe the one who is restraining the Antichrist is the third person of the triunity, the triune Godhead, the Holy Spirit, that lives within the church. We are the only thing, the Christians are the only thing standing in the way of the Antichrist coming to power. And until we are taken out of the way at the rapture, and he who restrains the Holy Spirit is removed through the church being taken to heaven at the rapture of the church, the Antichrist cannot take over this world. Why? Because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. So the church cannot be here when the gates of hell are going to take over this world. Uh, it's logical that the church would have to be out of the way. But notice that this one who is coming is going to be identified by deception. He says, let no one deceive you. He's going to claim to be God. He's going to want to be worshipped as God. This is the abomination of desolations, which was spoken of by Daniel the prophet, that Jesus refers to in Matthew 24, that Daniel warns about in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, that John the Apostle is speaking of in Revelation chapter 13, where for three and a half years, this man who's going to be possessed by the devil himself is going to rule this world with an iron fist, and he will desire and require that the whole world worship him. Verse 8 says, And then the lawless one will be revealed after the restrainer is taken out of the way, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Deception, deception, deception is what defines the last days. He says in verse 10, 
and with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion or great delusion. And I believe the great reset is possibly the great delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. And so again, you do not receive the love of the truth. You reject God. You reject the truth of God's Son. And you will be open to all sorts of deceptions in the last days. I have much more here. I actually have three more pages of notes to go through. And so I'm going to stop here because it's already 12 o'clock. But we are going to continue this series. I want to continue to educate you. I want to inform you. I want you to go and think for yourself. I would encourage you to turn off the mainstream media. It is all owned by the billionaires who are orchestrating what's happening. All the mainstream media, they are all bought into what is coming. All of them. You have to be very, very careful. Uh, The Epic Times... Newsmax and OAN are the only three news sources that I've found, uh, and I don't know, maybe some of them will sell out too, but the billionaires who own all of the paper, you know, you remember William Randolph Hearst, the one who built Hearst Castle, he was a newsman, he put, you know, presidents uh, in the White House, and he started wars in Cuba and things like this, and he had the power because everybody read all of his newspapers and all of his magazines. Uh, Hitler took over all of the newspapers and the radio stations in the 1930s and began to just spew propaganda, 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 did not allow any other ideas or other voices. So when you begin to see domination by uh, the media, you know that this is now propaganda and you cannot trust it. You have to think for yourself. And God gave you a brain. He gave you a mind. God says that he wants us to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. We cannot bury our heads in the sand like the ostrich and just hope everything's going to be okay and everything's going to come back to normal. Maybe it will, but maybe uh, this is the beginning of the end for the planet that we live on because the earth overwhelmingly in our country overwhelmingly has rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ and rejected God's only begotten son salvation by faith in him is how you are saved and how your sins are forgiven and how you get to go to heaven the overwhelming majority of our world has heard that message and they don't want it they say we will not have this man to rule over us and just like the Jewish religious leaders who told Jesus we will not have this man to rule over us Jesus says I come in my father's name and you do not receive me yet you will follow one who comes in his own name speaking of the Antichrist and this is true for all mankind you reject God eventually God will give you over to what you want, but you really don't want God to ever give you over because the devil is a cruel, cruel master. He hates us. Satan hates us. And I would say this, these billionaire bankers, they don't like you and they don't like me. They like that we're consumers and we buy their stuff and we spend our money and make them richer. But they don't care about us. They're atheists. They're evolutionists. They don't believe man is made in the image of God. Therefore, you can't trust them that they care about you 
Because they're atheists. Why would they care about you if they think that we all evolved from monkeys and they're more evolved than you and they are the strong lion and you're the weak lion, you see. They'll just take your kill or maybe kill you to get what they want uh, because they're not seeing us as people made in the image of God. These are the billionaires who are orchestrating all of this. I don't trust that they have my best interest in mind. Sorry, I'm a little skeptical. Why would they? They're atheists. They don't believe in anything except for the material world and the here and the now. They don't believe in heaven. They don't believe in hell. They don't believe, believe in Jesus. They don't believe uh, in Satan. They don't believe in any of it. All they believe in is power and money and influence. And so the billionaires are the ones orchestrating all of this, the whole vaccine and everything else, this whole shutdown. I'm skeptical. I don't trust them. So I would encourage you, please, do your due diligence, think for yourself, and we will pick up here. Uh, next week I'm going to do a Christmas message, and then the following Sunday we'll pick back up where we left off here. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you so much that you tell us all of these things in advance. What a marvel, Lord, that these scriptures were written thousands of years ago, and yet we see how they apply to our world so definitely today so clearly it's 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 clear to us lord that even if we're not living in the very last of the last days lord we are certainly coming into the last days we begin to see all of the things coming to pass all the prophecies that were predicted are being fulfilled right before our very eyes i pray for your people lord that you would awaken them not to fear lord you tell us we don't have to fear anything uh, but, Lord, to just discern and to test all of the voices by the one clear voice, your voice, Jesus, that you said, my sheep know me and they hear my voice. And so, Lord, we pray that we would be those of your sheep that clearly hear your voice, Lord, and that we would test all the other voices by the voice of truth and by the word of God. Bless your people, Father. Continue to put a hedge of protection around us in our church, our loved ones and our families. And Lord, we are excited to be your people in these days. We pray for your strength, Lord. Encourage your people, I pray, and comfort them. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. We all want to thank you for listening. If this message has blessed you, as we all pray that it has, send the link to this podcast to your friends. Working together, we can get Michael's teaching of the whole of God's inerrant word to all those who hunger to hear it. If you would like to see this ministry expand to reach even more of the broken and lost, if you have questions, comments, and prayer requests, email us at coahpodcast at gmail.com. We would be honored to pray for you as we hope you are praying for us. Good day and God bless from City on a Hill Church to Hatchapi, California.